thank you very much. Morning, everyone. So nice to be here with you. And uh, this is uh, this is my little device, uh, and this is um, this is very useful because basically, increasingly, numbers are using these tables. Uh, churches, sorry, are using these tables, and they're like if I put my iPad down on there, I'm short, <laughs> so I can't see it. So what I've had to do is I've got this little device. So watch, this is gonna it's gonna blow you away. This is so it's not nothing complicated. <laughs> It just props it up, and now I can see it. So it's useful, isn't it? It's useful. It's very good. So that's good. Anyway, are you all right? Yes. Lovely. Great. Up there, are you all right? Brilliant. Two of you, lovely. rest of you, miserable. Thank you. Nice to see you. You can have your tithe back. Okay, right. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's assuming you give it, to be fair. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, so interestingly, normally when I come to lots of churches, um, my main job in inverted commas when I'm preaching is to kind of unpack what you or I know as the gospel message, the, the basic message of Christianity. And, and I hope and I pray that it also kind of en- encourages those of you who are already Christians. This morning, it's a little bit different because I'm preaching to your theme, sort of. Okay, so we're going to be thinking a little bit about prayer, and I love I love this little booklet uh, that that Jason has produced. When he was telling me about it, I said, "Oh, mate, let me have a little look. Send me one because it sounds really good." Actually, I found it really, really helpful because um, I'm not going to lie, I'm really rubbish at prayer. Is anybody else rubbish at prayer? Oh, okay, doesn't. Dozen of us are rubbish at prayer. The rest of you, what I call arrogant. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, you've taken that wrong. You've taken it wrong. <laughs> but he's, he's like, I need all the help I can get when it comes to prayer. So I thought this morning I'd be really honest. Now, that statement doesn't mean that I'm not honest normally. Uh, but I just wanted to be honest with you about prayer. Because I think sometimes, um, and hear me right on this, sometimes... Uh, People uh, can look at us in full-time Christian work and uh, particularly those of us who might travel around a bit or be preaching on Sunday mornings. And and because we we have to kind of constantly be bringing things to people, um, it is easy to maybe think that we've got it all together. But I'd like to speak on behalf of every preacher out there and let you know that we haven't got it together. In fact, we're really rubbish at a lot of stuff. Okay, and prayer is one of those things. You see, I'm, I don't know, I'm a little bit of a, a, a practical, like get going, kind of make things happen doer. I'm not very good at, at kind of stopping uh, and praying really. If something needs to be done, my, my propensity is to do it, whereas other people's propensity is to pray about it. And, and I think, like, there's weakness in both, isn't there? Because you can spend all your time praying and never doing, or you can spend all your time doing and not really praying. So what I'd like to do this morning is to tell you where I am when it comes to praying and doing. I'm more doing, and I need to be praying a little bit more. Now, where are you this morning? 
Just think about prayer generally. Are you, are you more likely to pray about something? And if you're really honest, not maybe do as much as you should do because you're praying about it all the time. Or are you more likely to be somebody who just cracks on and you probably ought to be praying a little bit more? Or there might be some of you sit right in the middle who've got it smashed. <laughs> and you're saying to me this morning, Mark, I'm a prayer and a doer. Don't know why I felt I should do that. And what was that about? It's like, you don't find that anywhere in the... Just scuffs in godly moment. I don't really know what that was about. Scrap that one. Make a note on that, Lee. Don't let me do that again. Okay. But I want to I wanna encourage us this morning about prayer. And um, so, again, just a little bit of honesty. I... Um, so, so many of you have heard me for speak. You know that I, I travel around... And that's kind of what I do on, on a regular basis around the UK. That's kind, of, that's kind of been my job up until the dreaded COVID, when obviously um, that's not happened quite as much. And um, it is happening now a little bit more, which is really, really lovely. Um, now, my car is my chapel. Okay? My car is my thin space, if any of you know what that's called. I think it was the Celtics who first coined it. It's a place where, I don't know why, but I just sense God more when I'm in my car. This might be because I'm praying a lot more because I'm rubbish at driving, I don't know. But I, I feel good more. I, I'm more creative in my car when I'm driving. I have more amazing worship times and, and prayer times in my car than at any other time. I, I tend to be more um, um, inspirational in my car. Lots of moments of inspiration come to me when I'm in my car. And I think that's partly because it's the, been the rhythm of my life since about 1988 when I first started doing traveling and speaking. And then in lockdown, I didn't have that. And I, I'm going to be honest, in that time, I really struggled to pray. I felt, I felt as flat as anything emotionally. And I did, I did pray. I didn't pray anywhere near as much as I would do when I was in my car. And that's because I, never, I didn't really feel that I got breakthrough or whatever other spiritual words you want to use. So it was, it was pretty tough going, really. Praying was like, like kind of wading through mud for me. And so what I've had to do is to try and encourage myself in prayer. I've had to remind myself of a few simple things uh, about prayer. And it's those things I'd like to share with you this morning. Because we've been going as a church, or you've been going as a church, although I feel part of this church in truth. Okay, but as a church, you've been traveling through this brilliant uh, prayer resource but I'm sure there would be some of you, whether you're here in the room today or online, there will be people that have struggled to get motivated for prayer, even though there's this brilliant resource. And today it's, it's particularly focusing, or this week's particularly focusing on praying for leaders. And, and, and it might be that you've struggled to get motivated. So I'd like to just share with you three really good reasons to talk to God. This morning. Um, before I do that, let me just quickly um, mention some resources that I've produced because I want to encourage you to, whilst you're praying, 
to, to, to kind of increase the expectancy that God might use you amongst those who don't know Jesus just yet. Okay, so I've got three books that I've written. I'm going to mention them very briefly. At the end of the service, you can get them. I'm going to be on sale in the little dark corner just over there. Okay, don't forget me. Okay, come and say hi. Don't lock the building when I'm still in there. All right, important. Uh, But three books that I've written, and they're they're aimed at three different types of people. Okay, so whistle stop tour through these because I'm not here predominantly to to do a sales push, but I do want to encourage you to get resource because often as we increase prayer, you find that God uses you a little bit more. Even though you might not be directly praying about those who don't know Jesus, you might just find things start to happen because when we engage in prayer, something happens. I don't know how it works, but I know it does. So first book is more recently, I've written this called, Is It Possible?, It's a brilliant conversation starter. It's aimed at gently nudging atheists to consider there could be a God or to challenging people who've decided Christianity isn't for them, but they've not really looked into it. So it's kind of a book, I call it healthy maybe level. It gets people just thinking, could there be? So if you've got friends like that, um, that's perfect for them. And it feels really nice as well. Spent a lot of money on the cover. All right. (laughs) really nice in fact I'm gonna hold it just the whole way through my talk it's that lovely okay so that's it getting people who are open-minded or to become open-minded and then the next book is aimed at what I call little yes people which is about making an intentional decision to find out more this book is aimed at exploring and exploding what you and I would know the gospel message really unpacking it Not just telling it, but showing it how it relates to areas of life. All of these books are rammed full of people's stories and testimonies with ways that they can investigate a little bit more online. So that's a a great book. If you've got friends that are open to it, yeah, they believe, but haven't really investigated that much, but are quite open to conversations, you may have shared the gospel with them occasionally. That's a brilliant book for those. And then this one, you will have seen the earlier version of this because we use it here at the church to give away to people. This is updated and revamped. It's called The Journey. It's for people who are what I call a big yes person. They're either very, very close to becoming a Christian or have just become a Christian. So that would be a great resource to get in full anticipation that you're going to be involved in leading somebody to Jesus, which is one of the most exciting things you can ever engage in as a Christian. And it's got your very own Graham's testimony in there. What about that? And again, this loads of online stuff. So all of those together, um, that's four pounds, that's four pounds, that's three pounds. And if you buy all three, you can for a tenner. Yeah, that does work out, doesn't it? It does work out. I just had to double-check the sums, okay? So um, I've got over there, I can take your car payment, done that. Okay, three good reasons to talk to God. Read this story, proper made me chuckle. A church had speakers. Now, some of you have been around on the kind of radio microphone scene for years. You'll, You'll understand this. A church had speakers that sometimes picked up local taxi messages. 
Okay, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. It used to happen in my church back in Bradford. We'd be there on a Sunday and the kind of local taxi would come through on the speakers. Well, I love this. One particular morning, this isn't in my church, another church, just as the minister had prayed and said amen at the end of his closing prayer, a message boomed out from the speakers. And this was the message. Request understood and will be dealt with promptly. How good is that? That's the sort of message you want when you've just done your prayers, isn't it? And said amen. Not from the local taxi rank, but from heaven. I mean, that would be, be great. When, imagine that. If we prayed this morning and God said, message understood and, will, and received and will be dealt with promptly. That would be a result. And the truth is actually, that is often our view of prayer, isn't it? That we offer up a prayer and that we're waiting for the Almighty to say, message request understood and it will be dealt with promptly. And I do want to say to you, God always understands our prayers. And he always deals with them promptly, but you and I know that he doesn't always deal with them the way we want them to be dealt with. That's something that I think probably the longer you follow Jesus, you understand there's a maturity that you realize that. And maybe it might be that some of you are in the very early stages of uh, your faith journey and you might have had a few disappointments along the way. And I just want to say to you, God always hears our prayers always responds to them promptly, but maybe not quite in the way. It's not like, well, he used to do really well, but since COVID and his customer service department are a bit stretched, then he's not quite as quick at responding. Have you noticed that with lots of things these days? And it's, God's never going to be stretched, okay? But he always hears our prayer. Now, there was many, many years ago, there was an advert by BT, and their advert used to be, it became quite a catchphrase, it's good to talk. Do you remember that? Some of you will remember that. It's good to talk. It is good to talk to God for all sorts of reasons. But this morning, just three I'm going to give you, and hopefully they inspire you. Number one, because God loves to hear me. Like what better reason, forget about the answers for a moment, what better reason to pray to God, than knowing that God just wants to hear us. We can complicate prayer a lot. And, and I, I mean, I've got all sorts of theological things about prayer that just clash going through in my head. How many of you know that there's so much clashing about theological stuff and things that you don't understand and you, you might veer towards one camp that seems to clash with another camp. So there's lots of clashes going on. In, and I have to say, the longer I follow Jesus, the more confused I've got. The more confused I've got about some of these issues. And prayer is certainly one of them. I read this great story of three ministers who were talking about prayer and the right and appropriate position for effective prayer. As they were discussing, a telephone repairman was working in the background. The first of these ministers said that he felt the key was in the hands. He always held his hands together and pointed them heavenward. The second suggested that real prayer was on your knees. The third suggested they were wrong and that the only position for effective prayer was on your face. The telephone repair person spoke out and said, the most powerful prayer I ever spoke was when I was dangling upside down by my heels from a power, po from a power pole 40 feet above the ground. Sometimes 
our most effective prayers are those that in those moments where we're just crying out to God because you don't get more real. You don't get more honest. And sometimes, not that there's anything wrong with formula, but sometimes you can get into a kind of formulaic approach to prayer that for a season can be really liberating, right? But can very often feel quite restrictive. Does that anybody relate to that? And I, I find that, to be honest, in my life. Like I've, I've tried all sorts of different prayer formulas, and they've been great for a while, but then it's like I've actually found them quite boring and bland and restrictive because they've just been too much focused on the routine rather than on the person that the routine is really all about. Nothing wrong with routine in prayer and formulaic approaches, so long as we understand and remind ourselves who it's actually directed. You see, the reason I want to pray is because God loves to hear me. He ain't that fussed whether I do it in a certain formula or not. I've also tried getting up really early. That's rubbish, isn't it? What is that about? Have you noticed some of these like really big prayer giants have got like up at 4.30? 4.30? What's that about? Like, so I felt really inspired and challenged once. And so I said, right, Lord, I'm going to get up early. And I'd never seen this time before in the day. Okay. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I did it. I started in January, but it was flipping freezing in the house. So I whacked up the gas fire and fell asleep. <laughs> that ended my early morning devotional slot. <laughs> now, if you can do that, great. But I believe that prayer is about bringing your best. And my best isn't at five o'clock in the morning. My best is not at that time. My best, Mark Greenwood's best, when I feel most connected and happy that I'm talking to God and he's listening to me, is when I'm out and about driving. I love that thing that was, I think it was a Smith Wigglesworth. If it wasn't, it's somebody famous like him who says he never prays for more than half an hour, but never does half an hour go by when he's not praying. That for me, that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? That God is so entrenched in my day. That prayer without ceasing. That doesn't literally mean that you never do anything other than praying. So I've taken a few little practical steps. I've, I've decided, um, wherever I can, I'm just going to put like UCB Radio, which is a Christian radio station. There's, there's loads of them. There's Premier. There's all sorts. There's Transworld Radio. And so I just put that on when I'm working at home. Um, partly because I don't really like working on my own because I'm an extrovert and I get lonely. So I need to have a voice. I have a TV on on my, on my, my iPad. Just it feels like there's somebody else in the room. And that's not even a joke, okay? This is me. I am an extrovert and I need people around. So I just started flicking towards the, t towards the radio. And in my car, I've in the radio on, on the DAB radio, wherever you can. I mean, you can use apps and all sorts of things these days. It doesn't mean that I don't listen to anything else, but what I have found is that just having God <laughs> there in my background, and they have moments of led prayer and devotion and the word of God on UCB, um, I've just found that really, really helpful in just kind of 
constantly be in that, in that attitude of prayer. You see, prayer is not just our approach to God like the three ministers were debating. Prayer is not just our approach to God, though there is an important part of that. I don't want to minimize that. But let's remember it's also about his approach to us. It's also about God's approach to us. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his highest willingness. You know, it's not like we're trying to, you know, can I have this God? Can I have this God? Okay, it's just, your arm's not twisted far up enough up your back. I'll throw another scripture in. Ooh, get it, that'll get it further up God's back. All right, you can have it. If I have a view of prayer, that it's about somehow trying to persuade and convince God... That, that's not what it's about. We've missed out. But I guarantee that many of us unintentionally can pray as though we really believe that was the case. We never say it. Prayer is about just simply understanding. God loves to hear me. We need to change our perspective on God. I really believe that. God, I love this quotation. God warms his hands on a person's heart when they pray. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Do you like a nice log fire from time to time? When you've come in out the cold and you go, ah, oh, that's nice. Imagine that view that when I talk to God, he loves to hear me. And it's like he stretches out his divine hands and warms his hands on my heart. Psalm 116 verses 1 to 2. I love this verse. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. I love the Lord just because he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call him as long as I live. It's <laughs> a beautiful verse, isn't it? What, what lovely, gorgeous, heartwarming words about how God views us. And, and listen, see the significance, because sometimes we say things and, and read things and we don't always um, uh, pause or slow down to let them soak in. But when I was, when I was um, thinking about the talk today, I love that because he turned his ear to me. That's a deliberate posture from God. Have you ever heard a noise and then you've, you've sort of turned your ear to kind of almost to tune in a little bit more? Have you ever done that on something? That's what this verse is saying. It's the verse is saying it, our prayers, they're not just a, a noise to God. It's like, no, no, every time we speak, he turns his ear. It's like, what's it saying to me? He's saying that when I pray, God wants to focus. Why? Not because he wants to take notes so he can get the details of the prayer request to make sure. Sorry, how much was that bill? Did you say 15 pounds or 32? Okay, let me just jot that down. Okay, 15 pounds or 32? Not 30, 32. Yeah, 32. Okay. That's not why he does it. He does it because there's something in God's heart that the moment... You and I pray is moved by it. Same as when we're worshipping together, isn't it? When we're singing to the Lord. 
I have to remind myself, I, I really appreciated you just reminding us this morning, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Because I need reminding that God actually likes my voice. Yeah. Not sure my family do, but God, <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely loves my voice and turns his ear towards me. Prayer is not just our approach to God, it's his approach to us. I love that thought. And prayer is not a ladder on a prayer is a ladder on which our thoughts rise to God. I love that thought. Just they begin to reach heaven. So number one, let's pray because God loves to hear me. Number two, because therein is my faith. That's another good reason to pray, isn't it? Another good reason to talk to God. I love this in a school in the USA where this is actually factually true, where prayer had been formally banned, there was a notice in the staff room. And the notice read like this. Notice, in the event of an atomic attack, the federal ruling against prayer in this school will be temporarily suspended. <laughs> it's good that, isn't it? <laughs> I know a lot of atheists who don't believe in the God they pray to. Because... Something within us actually feels that a resonance or a connection or feel that when we reach here, we're at the edge. Where do we go? And there's, there's a something else. Okay, so here's one of my little theological tensions. Just thought I'd, I'd share with you a theological tension this morning. I hear lots of people talking about, you know, when you pray, pray in faith as though it's happened and believe, okay? So I get that. So that's one of my tensions, okay? But then the other one of my tensions, but, but that's okay, but what if what I'm praying for is not the will of God? Does anybody else have that tension as well? Because I want to pray in the will of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as in heaven. So my, this is my tension. There's one part of me goes, yes, I want to pray and believe and receive and shandai and all that kind of stuff. But what happens if, and, and, and I'm going to I'm going to be like, I sometimes don't know whether what I'm praying for is in God's will. Now, if you know, let me know. In fact, write a book, you'll sell millions. Because this is one of my theological tensions. So how then do I pray and I can beat myself up? And, and, and I've seen, sadly, um, lots and lots of churches believe for a miracle on behalf of a member of their church, for example, and God didn't come through. Do you know what I mean by that? It's not that God didn't come through, but we believe we received words. I can give you so many examples of how that has happened in my life. And if I'm really honest, I found myself just holding back a little bit. On, on, I'll say this respectfully, so please don't take it wrongly. I've held back from uh, whipping up faith, in inverted commas. Does that make sense? Yeah. Trying to stir faith up when I don't really... like. If I know, oh man, I'm going to shandai and kushundi with the best of them. You know what I mean? And I'll prance, not prance around, but you know what I mean? Because that would be weird. Lord, we believe. Okay. <laughs> Demonstratively move around. We'll go with that one, right? Well, thank you. <laughs> but so, so here, here I am. Here's what my brain does. Well, if I believe, is, is it only faith if I believe is God, if that God's going to do it? If I don't know, 
Is that still faith? Well, I want to suggest to you, it is. Little story. A five-year-old girl had never attended a formal church service. She went to a wedding with her parents. During the wedding, the minister said, let us pray. Each person bowed their head. The little girl looked round and saw that all the heads were bowed and eyes turned towards the floor. And so she asked her parents, Mummy, Daddy, what are they all looking for? Which I think is a very, very good observation. But when we metaphorically or otherwise close our eyes and bow our heads, what are we looking for? So this is how I handle that particular tension. Um, When I pray, I will always come to God about stuff because I believe he can do anything. I have one... 100% faith in God's ability and power to do anything he wants to do. Some of which I have the pleasure of asking him to do. So my faith is in who God is and that he is able, way well able. And even when I stretch my mind and emotions to believe for the biggest, it's still is nowhere near compared to God's ability. He's still, you know, however much faith and however much dreaming I will do, God is always going to outstrip that. Always. So I have no problem in believing that God can do something. And that's why I love Luke 17, 5 to 6. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And then Jesus said, no, no, it's not about increasing your faith. Because if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, then. So the problem isn't with the size of our faith. The problem is what we do with the bit of faith that we've got. So our faith will grow by doing something. And, but this is what I said earlier. It's that it's that. Tension, isn't it, of always doing and never praying or always praying and never doing. So what we need to get to a better place is where we pray and do and see our faith planted into something. Do you know a mustard seed is planted, then it grows eight feet high. And yet, interesting little bit of Bible knowledge for you. One or two of you may already know this because you're clever. Others are clever, but in different ways. Important to say that when I was saying that sentence, I thought this could come out wrong. Okay, so this, the mustard seed was used as, as a measure by Jesus, as a measurement. Why? Because the mustard seed was the smallest official measurement, the smallest thing they could use to measure something back in Bible times. So Jesus essentially is going, if you have faith as small as, um, oh, well, you know, the smallest thing that we can get our head around as a, as a means of measurement. So he's not, he's not even saying you can't go smaller than that. If you have any ounce or tininess of faith, you can say to this mountain, etc., etc., etc. I think I've got that bit of faith. Can I just do a little survey? Does anybody here feel that they have faith at least as small as a mustard seed? I think I have. I'm going to be bold. Okay. Some of you are not sure. It's a little bit worrying. I, I, I know I think I've got that bit of faith. I might not have much more than that, to be fair, but I think I have got that. And when I come to God and pray, I come because I've at least got that. 
But here's the key thing. That little bit of faith is putting God's ability not in my knowledge. My knowledge of whether God's going to do something or not do something. It's placed purely in his ability. Faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God gives you a shovel. It's not about saying, mountain, go! Come on then. Why have we not gone yet? Just out of interest, has anybody ever tried that? Oh yeah, thank you. I have proper tried it, honestly. I've, the amount of mountains I've shouted at. Krakatoa. Go! In Jesus' name. Oh, still there. Yeah. But, so the, the faith, the small bit of faith, doesn't mean that we tell something. It means that we get active and get involved. So when we're thinking about today as well, praying for our leaders, let's pray for them. Let's pray for them 100%. And with all of these areas, in all of these, let's pray. But let's be saying to God, what can I do as part of that prayer? So rather than just praying, oh Lord, please bless a leader. What, what can I do to actually bless them? What practical thing that I can do to bless them? It's like, wherever possible, don't you want to be the answer to your own prayer? Because if we're not careful, prayer is a really good way of not doing anything. Isn't it? It's like, I'm going to pray, but I'm not going to do anything. And sometimes, hear me right on this, we can hide behind our prayers. Faith is a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. Third thing. So two, two reasons so far. Okay, number one, because God loves to hear me. Great reason to pray, right? Just because God loves to hear me. Number two, um, because therein is my faith. And number three, because if I don't, I'm saying I can do it by myself. That's what I'm actually making a statement. A young child had finished saying a prayer. She had prayed for her family, her friends and herself. And finally she said, oh, I love this. Oh, and by the way, God... Take care of yourself because without you, we're all in a mess. <laughs> so true, isn't it? Like without God, we're stuck. We are about as stuck as stuck can be without God. And so actually, I don't ever want to be in a place. I don't mind being stuck with God, but I don't want to be stuck without God. I don't ever think I'm going to be stuck with God, but hear me right on that. I don't, I don't want to live my life without God. Now the problem for Mark Greenwood is, and again, hear me right on this, there's a lot of things I can do quite well. It's, it's just, it's, I've got lots of natural gifts that God's given me. Okay, so it wasn't like God thought, oh I want Mark to be a public speaker, and then when it comes to the day of me going into public speaking, God thought, oh I better give him that gift then. Okay, it would come as no surprise to you that I've always been able to talk. <laughs> I can feel the shock it sounds like laughter, but I think it's shock underneath. I've always been a gabber. In fact, at school, I was never in any gang, but I was never not in any gang. I have talked my way out of so many fights. I am a heavyweight in talking. Some of you are thinking, no, Matt, you're just a heavyweight. Stop it. Stop it. I can talk. So I could stand up and talk about God and stuff and you, you might not really know 
whether I've been praying about it or not because I think there's just a natural God-given thing that God has put in there. And I believe that's true of every human being, whether they know Jesus or not. I believe that God has put stuff in you. Why? Because I believe that God's got a destiny for every single person, something for every single person to do on this planet. But here's what happens. When you become a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in you, he ignites that natural gifting and gives it an eternal dynamic gives it something that has power in it and significance in it there's another sermon there I feel but so we'll, we'll, we won't say anything more about that I'm using that as an example to say to you it would be very easy and I have done it in the past it would be very easy for me to get up and speak without having really prayed a great deal Sometimes the pressure of life has come in. All sorts of things have happened. A young child who had observed his mother and father on journeys said to his dad, Dad, before you married mum, who helped you drive? (laughs) Don't know what he means by that, do you? I want to say before we became Jesus followers, who helped us live? We were a little bit on our own, right? And now we're following Jesus. He wants us to help us to live, to breathe, and to do everything and to be everything. Philippians 4.13 is probably, in my humble scholarly opinion, though I will bow to greater scholarly opinion than mine, because I have limited no large about things. But Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many times have we used that verse to kind of try and gee up faith? I want to suggest to you, well, not suggest, I want to, I want to tell you that the, the, the more accurate translation of that is I can do all the things that Christ gives me the strength to do. Yeah. It's not about just doing everything and claiming. Though I'm sure, you know, other verses like, and surely I'm with you always the very end of the age. You might be able to use that one to back it up. Or even that, to be fair, is in the context of discipleship. So whenever God promises something, it's always within a context. And I think we need to remember that. But I've heard people praying for, for, for all sorts of things. And God, I know I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And the emphasis has been all things, which leads often to burnout. Because people do all things. And I'm sorry, but Jesus doesn't lead you to burnout. The church might do from time to time. Or the Christians might do from time to time. But God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're never going to lead us to burnout. A friend of mine often says, and I love it. He says, we only have time to do the will of God. And so if we're too busy, then either there's something that we are doing which isn't God's will for our life, or we need to look at the other things and look at how smartly we can do them. I want to live my life in such a way that I can say with integrity, and this is a desire, not a place that I've arrived at, to be able to say with integrity, I'm so full of God's power in all that I'm doing. I am only as tall as when I am on my knees. And for a small guy, that's a real encouragement. <laughs> Prayer is, not fund- is, is fundamental, not supplemental. And as long as we continue living, we must continue praying. What have I done without God? Just because simply I haven't paused and asked him to be with me in this. Now, I know he's always with us, but you get the sentiment behind what I'm saying. 
When have there been times when we've just cracked on with something? Have we not paused to pray? In a few moments, just as a means of response, we're just going to spend a few moments praying for our leaders. But I guess what I want to guide you with a little bit in prayer is be praying for the the prayer life of our leaders. Let's pray for all of us with what we've discovered. But let's pray. And this isn't because I have inside information that they're not doing this, by the way. Okay. But let's pray that whatever the senior leaders and the leaders of this church do, they, they do in the strength of the Lord, having talked to him about it. Let's pray that their faith is stretched as they do things. And let's pray that they do it, not because it's the corporate responsibility of senior leaders, but because they know that God loves to hear them. Could we do that? I think that would be a great thing to do. So um, just if, if you'd like to just tinkle away in the Lord, in his strength. I think Jesus tends to work really well. I'm only joking. Let's pray, shall we? And then um, my preaching slot's finished, but we're just going to spend just a few moments praying. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, he responded in obedience. Early in the morning, Abraham set off along with his son Isaac. On this journey, Isaac was given wood to carry, which means Isaac was carrying the load. But the reality is that Abraham carried the burden. He had the weight of overall responsibility for Isaac, and it's the same in church leadership. Team and staff and and key members of the church in lots of ways carry some load. But just focusing on Jason and Lindia now, which is probably nice that they're not here. It's the senior leaders that carry the burden of the whole responsibility. And there'll be things that keep them awake and give them ulcers that you won't be aware of. So maybe we could pray for for them that in their prayer life, They always come to God experiencing his strength and that they won't do what they do because of the congregation's expectations but they'll do what they do because they know it's God leading them. And that they'll constantly come to him placing their faith in God's ability and that they won't be disheartened or discouraged if things don't turn out as they were hoping because they know they're placing it in God and that's where their faith is and their faith will grow. let's pray that they pray because they know that God loves to hear them in fact I'm going to suggest maybe personally let's just pray into that eh? let's just pray for particularly Jason and Linda but then let's broaden it out to the other leadership as well of the church say Lord would you would you put if it's not already there and increase if it is but would you put such Um, an excitement, almost an immature excitement, almost the excitement of somebody who's just come to faith. Would you put that into the leaders of our church? That, Lord, they would pray because they know that there's nothing more than you like than to hear them pray, whatever it's about. So, Father, we pray for Jason and Linda, Lord. We pray. Pray, Lord, first of all, that you refresh them. It's a good morning for us to be praying for our leaders, particularly Jason and Linda. Refresh them, Lord. They've, 
They've had a lot of challenges over the last few years. And we pray for refreshing upon them, Lord. Just rest and just do them good, Lord. Even now in these early stages, just, Lord, may they be feeling replenished. Lord, yes, so that they can come back and and lead and serve, but actually just because they deserve a good break, Lord. (laughs) They just do it for their wellness and their whole being, not with some loaded agenda, Lord, but just because it's going to be good for them as people. Lord, I pray even now, whether they're on a sunbed or not sure what the time frames are, Lord, whether they're having a coffee or whatever they're doing, Lord, just drop within their spirit even now. Hey, look, just had this thought that the Lord loves to hear us pray. So let's pray because of that. So Lord, we commit them to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Bless you folks. Don't forget the books at the end. Just be down there. God bless.